Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Bizarre Conspiracies. My name is Eric Pitino and with me today is... Connor Toll. As you always are. Hey, it's Christmas. This episode uh, will be uploaded on Christmas, so Merry Christmas everybody. And uh, with that, of course, this is Bizarre Conspiracies. We're going to dive into the history of Christmas again. And hopefully uh, this is some stuff that wasn't talked about in the last christmas episode i think it yeah. is I, I didn't go back and re-listen to it but i'm pretty sure this is uh, some new stuff i'm gonna be talking about here uh so the one i i've got a few different uh ones as well what i'll be talking about is the origins of a lot of the common not not origins but well i guess origins but the, the secret identities behind frosty the snowman as well as the history of Good King Winterslaus, because and just a bunch of other. Does Frosty the Snowman have anything to do with King Frosty? I don't know. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. <clears throat> okay. Then, uh, and then just a few other uh, little things of uh, little things like the origins of Rudolph and how people. So it is another origin video, <laughs> not idiot video podcast. I was thinking that it wouldn't be, it'd be a little different, but the other ones with like the origins of Christmas, even mm-hmm. though like the origins of like the side characters of Christmas, I guess. So cool, that, cool. that's new. Well, I don't remember if I dove into why we celebrate Christmas on the 25th, but uh, I did track down the origins of that. So, uh, well, it might be different than what we had done before, but yeah, we've talked about why the 25th. Okay. Well, maybe you can uh, tell me if it's the same as I'm going here. So what I found out, right, is that, uh, okay, so let me back up a little bit before I say that. We generally think that, you know, when I say we, I mean uh, the U.S. and religions, they will have you believe that uh, Christ was born on the 25th. And that's why we celebrate Christmas on the 25th. Yeah, it's generally told as uh, Christ's birthday, which is why Christ is in the name Christmas. Or sure. if you just take off Moss, you just get Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think that Moss, well, let me look up the, the word, because Moss is something Catholic fuse, I'm pretty sure. So it's probably uh, Latin? It very well could be. <laughs> I didn't look up the origins of the uh, the word but you know uh mass the word mass like you know there's um oh yeah they have uh what is it a mass day where everyone has the uh, yeah that's what they call uh, when a bunch of catholics meet together on the sabbath you know the they're on sunday they don't call that sunday service they call that mass so when you go to mass that's oh okay catholic meeting so i, it's I, I was thinking Christ it was meeting? the day 
I was thinking it was the day where they put the ashes on the forehead. Oh, uh, that's Ash Tuesday or something. I don't know. I don't know. Catholic, if you're a Catholic and you're angry, please don't email me about this again. I've already had Catholics email me. Um, but look, everyone thinks, right, if they don't dive into the history of things, everybody thinks Christmas was about Jesus Christ's birthday and we celebrate it and it's a religious holiday. Um, but in fact, I, I believe it was the Pope Julius I who declared Jesus' birthday on the 25th in the year 345 of the Common Era with the objective of integrating pagan celebrations with Christianity. At the time that uh, Christianity was getting integrated in Rome, another religion was growing fast and it was called, let me see if I can say this right, Myth, Mithraism. Mithraism. <laughs> Have you ever heard of this, Conrad? Maybe. Mithraism. <laughs> no, so it's the worship of a god named Mithra. I isn't, Yeah, I think, isn't that... Um... The Roman goddess of wisdom is it, is it no, Mithra no, no, no. female? It's a it's an Iranian god. Oh, okay. So it's spelled M I T H R A for those of you who want to look it up. But uh, Mithra, the Iranian god of the sun, justice, and war. The god Mithra himself was born on December the 25th. So in order to control the mass of people in both pagan and Mithra's Mithraism in Rome, they made Christ's birthday also on the 25th. So it's generally, that's a generally a very common thing for the sun god's birthday to be um, right there on the close to the, the what's called the winter sol, solstice. Solstice, yeah. Because that's when... The days are at their absolute short, shortest is the winter solstice. And so that's when the days start getting longer from then on out. So they call that the birth of the sun because after that the sun becomes stronger and stronger from that weakest point right then. At least in the northern hemisphere. But then I guess if you go to the southern hemisphere, the summer solstice would be the winter solstice. I don't know. <laughs> I guess an Australian would have to comment and tell us that one. But hey uh, – <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, if any Australians are listening, uh, please email us. So, I'm sure Google could tell us, but I, <laughs> hey, I'm too lazy to Google. Well, it's just good to hear from fans, right? <laughs> so wherever you live, just send us an email. So uh, as I was saying, yes, December 25th, this is where we get that date. Uh, was originally when uh, paganism was really big, as well as this other religion, uh, Mithraism, and it, they were trying to integrate it all into this new religion, Christianity, and trying to get it to grow in popularity. And so they, they kind of merged everything together to try and get everyone to just be Christian, right? Not uh -huh. pagan, not whatever else uh, classification you want to go by. They wanted everyone to be a Christian in, uh, in Rome, in ancient Rome times, so. And with that also, there was a ancient Roman fe uh, festival called Saturn Saturnalia? Yeah, that right? yeah, yeah. Saturnalia. So taking place on the 17th of the Julian Cander, uh, calendar and extended to the 23rd, it was a festival and holiday in honor of the uh, god Saturn. Isn't that where the uh, 12 days of Christmas comes from? Uh, could be. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I think it is in like certain days. And what they did is the Catholics renamed uh, the 12 days of uh, took the because there was a coming up to the day, the holiday 
of what which call it. They had several mention the the pagans had several different days before that, where they'd call that like the fifth day or the sixth day, and each day had its theme. And so the oh, Catholics switched it, and they they did a certain number of days of Christmas, and they put different saints to each of those days to Christianize it. If I'm remembering this correctly, it, it's been a while since. <laughs> it, it totally sounds like ago. something they would do. <laughs> so the the famous holiday was celebrated with a sacrifice at the Temple of Saturn in the in the Roman Forum and during a public banquet, followed by a private gift giving while people continued partying. Right. Uh-huh. So in some ways, it was quite nice because people who had slaves, you know, you had your masters and then you had the slaves. The masters treated the slaves and allowed them to have dinner with them during the uh, the festivities. And they also allowed the slaves for this one day to have free speech, which permitted them to talk, you know, crap to them without fear of punishment. And there was even gambling during the festival. The slaves would challenge their masters for coins and nuts. Now, the gift giving was a bit different. They were usually small gifts that were given like, you know, candles or, or a hair comb, toothpicks, maybe even a hat. Uh, but with every gift, there was a poem attached with it. So you can kind of think of that as like our greeting cards today. You know, like you have a good greeting card that you give right. somebody with a gift. Or maybe you don't even give them a gift. You just give them a greeting card. <laughs> yeah. Does anyone even handwrite gift cards anymore? Sure. Like, I know sign that their they- name. Well, I mean, because when I was little, maybe it's just something you only did as a kid, but we would always get these blank cards, like totally blank. And like we would start at the front, go to the second page, open it up, fill that whole thing out, close it, do the whole back of it. And like we'd write on some of the pages, but mostly just color on them because we were kids and our handwriting was terrible and paintings weren't that much better. But hey, but I, I remember that people used to at least would make their own cards. I don't know, maybe this is something that's gone away or if it was something that was never a thing. It was just something that used to be in my family, but that people would make their own cards and then eventually people got lazy and just bought them all. Do you ever remember anyone making cards, Eric? I don't. My family was never a card-giving family. Yeah, cards were the worst because as a kid, I'd have to read somebody else's handwriting and, it, you know, I never, I never <laughs> was good at reading cursive and it seems as though people always write in cursive. Oh, yeah. When I was a kid, I couldn't understand cursive writing. I was like, what does this say? But they would say yeah. something like, and so-and-so wishes you a happy Christmas. Like, okay, that's wonderful. I wish I could have even read that for myself, but no, I have to have a translator. <laughs> so much work uh, put into a uh, you know, handwritten card, all in neat cursive writing for for the card to just be thrown away. You know? Yeah. Uh, with with shame, I always felt guilty about throwing them away. But anyway, <laughs> but you still did. How did they do it way back in the day when they were giving the gift? Would the the would the slaves give cards to the master? Like did slaves even know how to read back then? Like what was? Because I know like different slaves from different cultures had different levels. So of it, it depends literacy. on. Yeah, it depends on the the slave because, okay, so you had a slave servant who would uh, serve food and would generally live in the house, like in their own room in the house, so that they can always be close to their master to and give them whatever they want. this would be the Roman slave. 
Right, right. So they would be there, very close to their master, so like, fetch me a drink or get my clothes or whatever, right? They'll be right there for them. Mm-hmm. Then you had other slaves that did really hard manual labor outside, maybe even building them in addition to their house or something. Mm-hmm. So it depend on the slave. But yeah, usually the master would write out a poem and give it to them with the gift. Okay, so would this be sort of the thing that uh, another translator thing where the master would write a letter and then one of the slaves would read it to all the others? <laughs> no, actually, is, is, that, is that just is is this a continuation of present day where where the masters or our parents are passing along this old slave tradition of having to translate to those who are illiterate to make them feel dumb? <laughs> actually, uh, it's quite fascinating. So, in ancient Roman times, when they would write uh write out poems and they would have someone specific they wanted to give it to, uh huh. They would uh, stand up, uh, like maybe like on top of a like a big rock or something, right? So they'd have the attention, kind of stand over a few people, just have the attention mm-hmm. of the crowd. But whoever they're giving that poem to, they will get up on that big rock and they will read it to the person that they wrote it for. I see. I guess that solved the problem of having somebody else read your handwriting. Because, you know, some certain people can I don't know. Maybe I'm reading way too much into this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, handwriting it, was better back then where everyone, where there was no typewriter. Did the typewriter and the printing press and the computer make us all bad handwriters? Sure, I guess. But if you look at, what is it generally thought of now, uh, like ancient Roman I don't know, scripts or something. It all looks like scribble to me, but they have like tiny little pictures, don't they? That signify something? Um, no. Or are you thinking the, of something the Roman, else? You're thinking of something else. The Roman writing is actually a, quite, we used the Phoenician uh, alphabet. So, it, you know, uh, is that, beta, is that something alpha, still gamma, used today? all those letters. Yeah, it's still used today. Generally, in the arts of science and all of that, okay, the areas of science, I should say. But, you know, when people are saying something like um, alpha particles or beta particles and that sort of thing, mm. you know, alpha is the letter A. Yeah? Yeah. The, that's the same alphabet that they used way back in the day. Oh, okay. And, you, and there's characters for all of those, if you look up the Phoenician alphabet, it's a little bit different than the alphabet we use today. But it's, you know, we just have the modernized version. Hmm. Interesting. There's a, there's a few more letters that they have that we don't. Interesting. Yeah, I, you know, I heard that the English language has the less letter characters in compared to like uh, there are more there are more letters in German, I think. German, uh, yeah. German language and then Germans there's, there's have even more, one more letter. Have there's one more. Yeah, and I think there's even more in Jap- Japan, Japanese language. Uh, I don't know. I know that Russians have their own entire alphabet. Really? Yeah. If you read Russian, they, they don't even use the same. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing the same. They all look very different, those characters in the, in the Russian. Before we get off uh, too far into this. 
<laughs> yeah the uh the gift giving was cool and all that and it all sounds very nice right if there wasn't a human sacrifice going on in the background now who would be sacrificed do you know would it i be didn't like, find out oh, it probably was a slave right it, it had to be or it had to be someone who was uh i don't know detained <laughs> for doing something uh, or I wonder if maybe it could have been the thing of, so, you know, who's the least favorite kid? <laughs> sure, yeah. I don't know. It's a sacrifice. And usually with sacrifices, someone willingly gives themselves, right? Um, I don't know. I've or, never, or there's it, a, it really, or there's a pool of people, and if you're selected, then it's you. Yeah, that would definitely make the holidays quite <laughs> a dreadful thing. I'll be in the drawing this year. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I do need to find out about that. That's interesting. But no, that didn't come up with the research that I found with it. It really depends, I think, between the different cultures on where who gets sacrificed. And some cultures being sacrificed is a great honor. Sure, yeah. They could have... I mean, they're still screaming in agony you know, <laughs> while they're getting sacrificed. Which can't be too fun for everyone who's uh, in, trying to enjoy the holiday spirit. <laughs> well, they're just going to release a new... Spirit. <laughs> but, uh, did I mention there was Caroline involved? Uh, did I no. That yet? So it was only done by women, right? Uh, but they all had to be naked. <laughs> so there was naked Caroline going on. In the winter. In the winter. And after all the Caroline was done at night, the women were taken advantage of right after. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's Roman. Why not? And uh, yeah, it didn't matter if <laughs> they like told them like no or whatever, but. Well, yeah, because I think during that time, I think we, uh, yeah, that it was legal to commit any crime. Any yeah. Crime. So during the seven days that the festival was happening, laws were suspended. You could literally get away with murder if you wanted to. Insane. Uh, this is part of where our Christmas traditions come from people. Um, but right. So, and how does this all connect with Christmas? Well, the pagans wanted the early Christians to adopt this in, into their new religion, but when they saw how weird it was, instead they said, you know what? How about you keep the 17th through the 23rd as, as your pagan religion and we'll pick the 25th and we'll kind of pick and choose the traditions that we want to pass along and Christianize. So that was from the, I guess, the Roman, uh, kind of how uh, the Roman origins of Christmas, where, you know, a lot of it does get implemented over to our traditions. Uh, there's a lot of North uh, traditions that, that we do as well. So I think it's just like a global thing, you know, like a little bit of everything got passed down because I was also curious about one thing, and that's why does nobody use the word Yuletai anymore? I've never heard of it. Well, I could, I have heard of it. What does it mean? <laughs> it's just an antiquated uh, word for Christmas. Okay. So Yuletide or Yule, Y-U-L-E, Yule. Um, this was c- the name for the winter solstice, kind of like an official name, like how, like how we uh, recognize December as the month of Christmas, right? This is this what would be the Yule. So with Yule tide and the Yule goat and the wild hunt. Now, this a lot of this might sound familiar, maybe not. The the whole naughty or nice Santa thing, you know, don't get on Santa's bad list. Do you know where that comes from? Uh 
I know I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> so I think we I think I vaguely mentioned this, but there's a there's a there's a Christmas character called Krampus or Krumpus, however you want to pronounce it. I think Americans say Krampus, and I believe it's supposed to be pronounced Krumpus. But it's uh, Dark Tales from German folklore. And he's known for carrying chains with him so that he can drag bad children to hell where he eats them, tortures them, and lets them burn over and over again. So this is who you'd have to deal with if you were a bad kid. Now, it's not just the Germans. It's also the Austria, uh, Austria, Croatia, Bavaria, Czech Republic, Italy, Hungary, Slovakia, Slovenia. They all have uh, origin tales of, of Krumpus. And in these countries, they have traditions where one or several people dress up as Krumpus character, which usually Krumpus is kind of described with uh, horns on his head, kind of like devilish horns. Uh, of course, he's like a hybrid goat demon, so he kind of has this weird, dark, hairy fur everywhere with his legs, very much resembling a goat, but yeah, he's this Christmas demon. And so they have people dress up like this. Now, this is a tradition still going on today in several parts of the, you know, the world, several countries. They'll have people dress up as Krumpus, roam the streets at night and visit businesses or homes to scare bad little children. And it's even custom to give these Krumpuses uh, alcoholic drinks. And their favorite is schnapps. <laughs> so you have a bunch of drunk old guys in demon costumes scaring people and children it's kind of crazy isn't it mm -hmm. so we actually don't know too much about krumpus because early pagan traditions were either forgotten or they were converted and changed when they uh, uh gra grabbed it over for christianity because in the early christian um what is it the 17th century they actually took the model of Krumpus, right? Since you had Santa Claus and then you had Krumpus, the good and the bad, right? Well, mm -hmm. in Christianity, you have uh, saints and then you had demons. Well, Santa Claus is, is often compared to and even thought of as uh, Santa Claus being, or what's the word I'm looking for, inspired by a real life saint called Saint Nicholas. Yeah. And so Saint Nicholas, the uh, patron saint of prostitutes. <laughs> well, he's he's the patron saint of children because he no, always he's also walked around. The patron saint of prostitutes as well. Yes, I know. But he was <laughs> first recognized as giving gifts to children. So they often compare Santa Claus with St. Nicholas. And in religion, you're always going to have good and bad, right? Well, they took Krumpus and they kind of molded what we now know as the devil. So you had St. Nicholas and you had the devil. And then on this other spectrum, you have Santa Claus and you had Krumpus. And yeah, that's why we don't have too much information about Krumpus. But it was believed and still believed in many countries that uh, this character, Krumpus, is real. And uh, if you were bad, you you wouldn't want to be on Santa's bad list because Krumpus would be coming for you. But anyway, so I also mentioned something called the Wild Hunt. Now, this is uh, North Mytho Norse mythology, right? 
Is that where Odin and Thor and all that yeah. is from? Yeah. Okay, so the Wild Hunt. The Wild Hunt is Odin and his ghostly riders descending from the heavens during the winter to hunt. Um, led by Odin himself often, some accounts tell Odin's dogs can be heard running and looking for uh, for their prey. So the legend goes that if you hear the Wild Hunt, it means bad luck or bad weather is coming. And those who don't finish their work before the start of Christmas, they are uh, doomed to ride with Odin forever. Um, so this is a story that they would tell kids? Or this uh, story no, is- this is not a story they told kids. This is what they believed. Huh. I suppose that that was motivation to get all of the harvest in before winter? I don't know. It, it could be. Um... But, you know, like every folklore, you know, people will, there are, the people in the time actually truly believed it, whether or not, it, how long it lasted, who knows, but mm-hmm. to discourage the ghostly band of hunters and riders, people would place a thick layer of tar in the shape of a cross in their front door. Otherwise, if they didn't, they will be snatched uh, right through the door, like, say Odin comes down and he doesn't see a thick <laughs> cross of tar on the door. Well, he could just reach his ghostly hand through the door and pull your soul right up. Mm-hmm. And you're doomed forever to ride with Odin. They also say if you're traveling during the winter, it is said to have bread and steel with you in case you encounter Odin and his dogs. Now, the bread is to throw at the dogs to uh, distract them. And the steel, which is a little cross, is to protect yourself from the spirits. Hmm. Yes, lot of similarities here. Uh, it's unlucky also to build a house on an old road for Odin doesn't care for new road that man has built. And if you do build a house on an old road and you block it, it is said that Odin strikes it down with a lightning, burns it down. Burns the house down? Yeah. Huh. So how do you know if it's an old road or a new road? I wonder if it's one <laughs> of those things where you look at because He's saying the road's built by man, so I'm guessing the old roads would be roads that just naturally existed. Because there are a few of those, uh, you know, that are made by the natural, well, uh, like a dried up river, are lots of times turned sure. into roads. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you when you ro- when you uh, walk a path so much, it becomes like this little path of road. Yeah, I think that's what they mean. So, like the original, the original lands where you know people were traveling, those original roads. If you build a house on those, it, it was bad luck. Um, so yeah, um, and so that's all I have for the wild hunt. But there's a similar story in the Viking. Uh, the Vikings they have a similar tale of ghosts and witches riding in the skies with storms and lightning, wrecking havoc to those below who are unfortunate just being there. Like you didn't even have to do anything bad. If you were if you were just caught outside during one of these storms and you see demons and witches flying around in the sky, just bad bad luck for you, pal, because you're probably huh. not going to make it through the night. I wonder if this is where Johnny Cash got his inspiration for the song "Ghost Riders in the Sky," because you know the thing is, uh, "Ghost Riders of the Sky" is where all the cowboys who go to hell go. They end up constant. They're on a um, eternal cattle drive. Mm, yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Um, so for the wild hunt, I forgot to say similarities. F- uh, for the uh, Christmas time and the wild hunt would be it, it would always play- take place in December during the winter. And Odin, even though he was very, 
I don't know. How would you describe Odin, by the way? I've said him so far, like, uh, picky? Hmm. Oh. Uh, particular? I would say particular. Very particular about how things are. Um, but I, I suppose that'd be right. He's also, I would say, in mythology, uh, always the, the fella for tradition, uh, the fella for uh, having things appear to be regal in his presence. If, if he doesn't like someone or something, he will try every way in um, the royal courts to make it so that things turn against people he doesn't like. Uh, he also, in my opinion, uh, as mythology goes, is a very weak <laughs> one uh, in mythology. Uh, I guess it's because his kids are always taking advantage of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this particular instance, uh, he was kind of the Santa Claus figure because... Yeah, even, a sled. Well, no, I wouldn't say a sled. He, he, he certainly had transportation, but it wasn't reindeer or anything, and it wasn't on a sled. It was horses. He had horses, and they were giant demon-looking horses. And uh, along with, yeah, he gave out a lot of punishment. He also rewarded the people. Like I said, if you finished on time, right, before Christmas, you were, you were on his good list. If you weren't caught outside during his raid, you were on his good list, etc. And he would reward those people with a gift. And it was always like this grand gesture gift that he would give people. Uh, there was an epic poem, but I couldn't find it. So if I find it later, I might make a part two on this. This is really interesting. I love when I get into like Norse mytho- mythology and Viking stuff. Uh, so yeah, he, he was kind of the Santa Claus figure with that. But now getting back to the Vikings, um, on the night before Lucia Day, in the Christian calendar, between the 12th and the 13th of December, it is said that a demon-like uh, white entity or a ta- Tashia, Atashia, I don't know if I'm saying that right, in Norwegian or Swedish folk beliefs known as Lucy, so it was this entity, this demon-like entity named Lucy, would travel across the skies bringing with her a band of witches and demons. She's also known for being unhappy with the preparations for Christmas if they weren't done correctly. And it doesn't stop there. As the legend goes, for the 12 days of Christmas, the original, uh, you know, the original 12 days of Christmas thing, it came, believe through this, and there might be something older, but if any children were born during the 12 days of Christmas, they would actually turn into demons and join her in Krampus. That's insane. Yeah, because... So what would you do if you had a kid? If you had a kid, you know, you just have a little demon. But what would you expect them to be different? Because they would... Would you just take them out and abandon them in the snow? Or well, did they no, just no, no, raise no. the so, demons? Or? So... <clears throat> There was so much to this that I had to kind of like pick and choose. But so what would happen is if you had a kid during the 12 days of Christmas, they would instantly turn into demons, right? But they would also instantly be joined with Lucy in the sky. Okay, so what happens to the kid that's left behind? What they have no behind? soul? There, there is nothing left behind. The, the child would be born, instantly yeah. transformed into a demon creature, and then ascended into the heavens. So if you were a pregnant woman and it's coming up to the 12 days of Christmas or whatnot, um, you just, I don't know, cross your legs? <laughs> yep, hold it in, you know. Uh, but there's got to have been some kids that were born and then they didn't get transported. Then what does that mean? 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, obviously today we got we got all kinds of Christmas babies, right? Yeah, I, I guess there could be a precaution against that. It'd be like, huh, let's see. The day happens to be in February, so we don't have kids today because <laughs> they might be born in Christmas. Well, you got also you got to also think maybe the Vikings were into astrology and they didn't want anybody born during this time because these uh-huh. were harsh times to for for any normal person to live through right it was really cold obviously your house didn't have very much shelter so maybe they just didn't want people having kids and they said oh well if you have a kid it'll turn into a demon so don't have kids in winter so they would i wonder if that's the case i wonder if there's ever been a society that's like okay here's the thing whatever you're gonna do it you just don't do the thingy that's going to happen to have kids in a time that's winter all right everybody clear on this you got to make babies, make sure that the babies don't come out during the winter, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's got to be, I think. I don't know. I've never heard of that. But uh, I've never heard about anyone trying to synchronize babies' birthdays. Mm, I think the shamans do it a lot. <laughs> other than other than tripping on your balls, I have no idea about any other culture. Speaking of shamans, ancient shamans, there is a theory going around the internet. It's not been proven yet, but ancient shamans used to gather these, the shrooms, right? These special mushrooms that had like these LSD type properties. Uh-huh. And they would, they would gather them around during th- the winter and they would pass them around in their town as gifts and often they would be wearing either red or green robes and the only way they could get into your house if it was winter because everyone had tiny little huts so they would either be snowed in the only way they could get in is through a hole in the roof for the you know where the smoke came out basically a chimney so they think hey wait a minute if this was going on for so many years and centuries maybe this is where we got santa climbing down a chimney giving gifts to everybody <laughs> because people and it would hang, all started with drugs. Because uh, I'm having this image because people cook in big pots over the fire, and the fire goes straight up through the chimney. So I have this image of this guy going around and spiking everybody's soup. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, I really like that you put mushrooms in the soup. I didn't put any mushrooms in the soup. Yeah, you did. When I, oh, no. <laughs> no, you see, he what they would again. do, what they would do, I had to look this up because I was curious. What they would do was everyone who got a mushroom would save it. They wouldn't consume it right away because they could die. So what they would do is they would save their mushrooms. And when they saw reindeers, mm-hmm. they would give the mushroom for the reindeer to eat. When the reindeer would eat it and then later pee they would collect the reindeer urine and then they would drink that because it was safer to trip on reindeer urine than it was to straight up eat the mushroom that's um <laughs> no wonder people saw flying reindeer because i'm, I'm guessing, you, the, I'm I, guessing I, I looked up some weird stuff for this for this year's Christmas. Because I imagine that if you're feeding reindeer and collecting the urine, the odds are the reindeer is domesticated. You're not going to go up to a wild reindeer and be collecting its urine. Yeah, they would have these reindeers uh, in a particular area. You just call them reindeer. Leave it off. Reindeers. <laughs> so they would have these reindeer in a particular area. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, they would just, the entire town would just throw their shrooms 
in in one spot, like a little feeding area, and they would all come up, they would eat them, and they would literally just sit and watch them eat, wait for them to pee, collect the pee, and then drink it. So they'd get, like, yellow snow? (laughs) Or or would they, like, I don't know, put a catheter on it? Or... Well, now, um, sometimes there would be a guy with a bucket just waiting behind a tree. <laughs> and so when the reindeer starts to take a leak, he runs over and be like, yep, yeah, I'll let me catch that. No, what he would do was he would slowly crotch towards them so they don't run away. Seriously, this is what they would do. Why? <laughs> <laughs> the deer must have thought that he was quite the pervert. Here he comes again, sneaking up on him with a bucket. I tell you, I don't know what he does with his pay, but it can't be for good uses. <laughs> so, I think I have officially talked about new stuff for this Christmas. Uh-huh. <laughs> Definitely yeah. not as uh, grotesque as uh, balls on trees, but this is some pretty weird stuff. Ah. So, yeah, what do you got for us, Conrad? Because my voice is going out. <laughs> All right. So, I was looking around because... I've been bombarded at my work with Christmas music and I've gotten got sick of it. So it got me thinking, where exactly did Frosty the Snowman come from? And I went to look that up and I totally forgot because I bumped into this wonderful theory by uh, Harmon K. And I just had to share it. So uh, Harmon K. wrote this thing and... (laughs) It goes like this. Last week, Harmon K. built a snowman. It was very nice. But it was actually a snowwoman. But then Harmon K. remembered that sexuality is politically incorrect. So now there is a degendered snowman in the front yard. It is a very nice degendered snow person. But Harmon K. is not here to talk about gender issues. We are here to change your life and help you see the light. In the beginning was the word, they say. And the word was with God and the word was God. And what was... And what that John has to say about Jesus? Well, Jesus is a pretty swell dude, we're told. But look around the campus today, because uh, this John uh, Herman K. guy is a is a professor, so he's at campus. Yeah. Uh, campus people aren't doing what Jesus told them to do. I bet they're not. Herman <laughs> K. don't think that Jesus' message is bad. After all, peace and love man is pretty timeless. The problem is the conceptualization of the Jewish wanderer doesn't quite cut with the generation raised to idolize uh, The Rock and Dragon Ball Z. Okay, what? (laughs) Uh, well, you know, The Rock, the the actor. Okay. I don't know. I'm just reading what this guy wrote. Okay. So... Harmon K, he refers to himself in the third person. Uh, when, when did this guy write this? Oh, I don't know. I think it, uh, I'm looking at it. looks like 02. Oh, okay. So modern. Uh, Herman K knew this and wanted to do something about it. So in 1950, oh, he sang a song about Jesus. And now, gentle readers, you may wonder what the degenerate snow degendered, sorry, snow person has to do with Jesus and Herman K. Well, Herman K. Uh, built that G- degendered <laughs> snow person, uh, and it's called Frosty the Snowman. But what you didn't know is Frosty the Snowman is not about a snowman. Frosty the Snowman is actually a messianic figure, a Christ archetype. We shall now prove to you that Frosty the Snowman is Christ. 
Soon as you two will rec- soon you two will recognize that Frosty the Snowman can be the savior of the new generation. Frosty the Snowman is a fairy tale, they say. He was made of snow, but the children know how he came to life one day. It is exactly like Jesus. A lot of people believe that Jesus existed and rose from the dead, but children of God know. It's further explained that like Jesus, Frosty is a jolly old soul, and everybody liked to be with him. The corn cob and the button nose is purely uh, uh, incidental, but can you believe that uh, John the Baptist is mentioned in the song? Because John the Baptist baptized Jesus by putting water on his head. But what else was put on Frosty's snowman's head? There must have been some magic in that old silk hat they found. The hat, of course, being baptismal water. And the magic, of course, being the Holy Spirit. And what happened to Frosty's spirit next? He began to dance around. And what does the spirit of the gospel of Matthew say about that? It says, Lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a gu- glove and dove and lighting upon him. And Jesus began to preach throughout Judea. So now you begin to see the truth. Frosty now is a disguise of Christian theology. And unlike the um, heretics who believe that uh, Jesus was not fully human, the real Christians know that he was both fully man and fully God. Likewise, Frosty is both fully man and fully snow. Oh, Frosty the snowman was as live as he could be. And the children say that he could laugh and play just the same as you and me. Jesus knew that he would be crucified and killed in Jerusalem. And Frosty speaks the same way when he says, Frosty the snowman knew that the sun was hot. So he said, let's run away and we'll have some fun before I melt away. Now, this is where I kind of disagree with the writer. Because I think what he should have said is, because after Jesus was raised from the dead, right? After they put the the hat and all of that and he rose from the dead and all of that sort of thing that he was saying at the beginning jesus then ascended into heaven saying i'll be back so i think that he missed a golden opportunity that it's not actually referring to his crucifixion but this is him post crucifixion but i'll continue on uh let's run and we'll have some fun before i melt away uh jesus knew that the fun must end and he must go to jerusalem and in jerusalem he kicks the money changers out of the temple and aggravates everybody else and what does frosty the snowman do down to the village with a broomstick in his hand coincidence oh no running here and there around the square saying catch me if you can the final stanza of the song explains the passion and sacrifice of christ the traffic cop can only be referred to as pontius Pilate, and he led them down the streets of town right past the traffic cop he only paused a moment when he heard him holler stop for frosty the snowman had to hurry on his way he waved his hand and said don't you cry i'll be back again someday now uh, in revelations it says i come quickly and my reward is with me so come so lord frosty <laughs> and that was just such a good theory i had to share it i still don't know where frosty the snowman comes from but holy moly that was quite the theory yeah it is <laughs> so would you like to know where rudolph the reindeer comes from Yes, I do. Where did that little red nose come from? He was actually invented in 1940-something. Uh, yeah, he was invented. Uh, the other uh, reindeer are mentioned in the um, the classic uh, Santa Claus thing, the, you know, the poem. Uh, what is it? Uh, Old Saint Nick, I think, is the name of the poem. And it's about the fella who... Uh, 
no, I don't remember what it's called, but it's the one where people say it was all through, quiet through the house and me and my red handkerchief cap thingy were settling down for a long winter's nap. You know the one, right? Okay, well, it's a very famous poem about Christmas. I don't remember, I don't have it memorized or anything like that. I don't even know the title of it. But it does mention eight reindeer's name, and that's um, the classic first eight reindeer. Rudolph is the ninth reindeer, and he was added in later by an advertising company. This advertising company printed millions of books about rain, uh, Rudolph the Reindeer's um, story, and uh, Wikipedia included a summary of the story of Rudolph the Reindeer's uh, summary, and it it's so... I don't know what it is, but I found it hilarious by how they put the words in there. Because you've probably heard the song, right, about uh, Rudolph, right? And it gets stuck in your head and you hate it. So it's so funny that it's kind of like the song, but like they changed all the words. So it says, so this is the summary of Wikipedia, and it's hilarious. So I'm going to read it to you. The story chronicles the experience of Rudolph, a young, useful uh, reindeer buck who possesses an unusual luminous red nose. Mocked and excluded by his peers because of that trait, Rudolph proves himself one Christmas Eve with um, poor visibility due to inclement weather. After Santa Claus catches sight of Rudolph's nose, asks Rudolph to lead his sleigh for the evening, Rudolph agrees and is finally favored by his fellow reindeer for his heroism and accomplishment. <laughs> okay. I find that hilarious after hearing the song so many times. You know? Maybe it's just me. But I just I I don't think I've heard it. the song. Oh. I'm not much of a Christmasist, so But you used to work at a certain bakery and they played. Oh, all trust the me, I tuned out a lot. <laughs> I wish I could, but I hate the song so much that I can't not pay attention to them, you know? I've never had that problem. Uh, okay. Anyway, so back to the story of his origin. This whole thing is Rudolph is a conspiracy against us all to buy more merchandise on Christmas. See, here's the thing. They specifically made up the story about Rudolph, this story about him, that it's supposed to specifically attract children. Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to get tons of children interested into this character. And then they have this story, which they can constantly be shoving down the throats of children, and children are gobbling it up. And that is when the advertisements kick in. Because they can then advertise each year their new story, um, their new product, along with the story that they've created. And here's the thing. They published that story, printed millions of copies, and then gave them away for free. So they created the story of Rudolph so that way they could later um for there were like a several different uh tv shows and short stories and animated films and all that for children sure. of Rudolph. and then they interlaced that with commercials by which they would then the the developers of new toys would then sell christmas toys to these kids through this christmas story so they marketed to children to get the children to buy the parents the stuff for christmas by creating rudolph do you yeah. see how that working it's not it's not a far-fetched think it's true. It, it's not true. It's doc. It's, it's true. It, it's documented. Like, I didn't even have to come up with this theory. It's right there for us. It's, like, practically spoon-fed to me. Okay? <laughs> <sighs> 
But I mean, what else is an advertised for Christmas? But like this was a his whole story was created to sell stuff. It's not even like a story that's made to be good. Like certain people, they make stories because they like the story or they have something to tell. Rudolph was invented to sell to be a story that's supposed to just captivate children. That's it. Just little children under the age of 10 so they can market to them so those kids could specifically request the items that they're – I don't know. Is it either like brilliant marketing? I don't know. It, it's pretty it, good marketing. It must have worked. It's pretty good marketing. a ton of money in uh, – because they printed millions of copies of it to give away for free to start out their – to bake their hooks with, you know? Sure. That's a lot of thinking. It's it's like if some, to me, this is like something I've never heard of fishing with a hook before and somebody told me, so what I do is I make a fishing pole and then a hook, then a line, then I get a worm and then I put that worm on a hook and then I drop it in the water to catch a fish. To me, this is like brilliant. I could have never like, why would you put all that work into there and you don't even know if it's going to work? They invented a story, printed millions of copies, and then gave the copies away because they were pretty sure that this theory might work. I, and then and then the thing is they can tell this story over and over and over again for years. And sure. people still, whatever, tune in, watch the TV special that they've seen before, and then they just load in new commercials each time and they sell a different product each year for what you know whatever company. It's brilliant. And then also kind of scummy at the same time. Because it's not a story for the sake of telling a story. It's the sake of telling a story to sell merchandise. But that's the entirety of Christmas. Yes, I know. So that, that that's kind of how I got into my – how I was prepping for things. I like – how has Christmas been diluted? Like we got got past the origin. How is it being exploited to sell us more crap we don't need? So that's that's my theories. Uh, <laughs> well, I got, I've got more theories, but that that's like how I was kind of went at it this year. Is like I was looking at the origins of the iconic symbols on how they sell us stuff because you know Santa Claus, the modern day Santa Claus. Thanatos. Santa Claus has evolved to the point that he he was you know he was taken from Krumpus. And as you were saying before, Krumpus, he is not a very good character. You know, he's not like the jolly mm-hmm. old fellow. How did he get from where he was then to how he is now? And the answer is commercialism. Coca-Cola wanted to sell Coca-Cola. So they took Santa Claus, had him drinking Coca-Cola. I mean, you've seen Santa Claus with Coca-Cola before, right? Sure. Yeah, I think everybody has. And that that's how the original way of him selling products came to be was Coca-Cola took something that was older and then like twisted it uh, to sell Coca-Cola. And that's kind of what I was trying to do, but uh, I found Rudolph and I'm like, holy cow, they, they're really cashing in. Um, <laughs> a few of the other ones um, – you know, we all know the story of the Grinch. That's Dr. Seuss, right? I just mm. think that everybody knows that Dr. Seuss created the Grinch. I feel a little bit sorry for you, but not really. I never liked Dr. Seuss's books. They were really weird and had no plot. You don't like green eggs and ham? Um, no, it just makes me hungry. And then I like, do green eggs even taste good? Do they even taste like egg? I don't know. Apparently they were good. I have a feeling that that like a story. Now that I'm thinking back on it, it's a conspiracy to get kids to eat their food. It's like you know, I I don't know. I I think that's a problem that parents have had. I I'm not a parent. Are you a parent? No, you're not a parent. No, I'm not. Maybe when you have kids, Eric, you need to report back to me. Does green eggs and ham get kids to eat their lunch or dinner or whatever? 
Because that's the theory here, man. Oh, well. I, I'm getting lost. I'm already creating. If I even remember when I have other kids. Ones that I'm listing. <laughs> I think green eggs and ham. Because that's the whole story is eat food, kid. And the kid's like, no, I don't want to eat my food. Eat your food. I don't want to eat my food. And that's the whole story. The whole story is about this guy forcing this kid to eat food, right? Honestly, I don't even remember. It's been so long. Yeah, pretty much it's a whole rhyme about I will not eat green eggs and ham not in a box with a fox or in a house with a mouse or something like that. And at the end, he eats the eggs and you're like, okay, I, I like them. <laughs> that's the whole story. Yeah, well... So you've covered the reindeer, you've covered Frosty, kind of. Just a weird conspiracy about Frosty the Snowman being Jesus. Uh, so yeah, Santa no. Claus is was being marketed by Coca-Cola at first. And then it kind of just blew up from there, right? Because you see Santa Claus on everything. Yeah, he sells Christmas. But then, uh, yes. After that, marketers and everybody was like, wait a minute, hold up. I got this brilliant idea. Why don't, why don't we just make this ploy to sell more stuff? Because that's, you know, all it about is he's the staple, the centerpiece of selling stuff on Christmas. Mm -hmm. It's like so in your face, we don't even see it anymore. Because Santa Claus brings the toys, right? Sure. So he's the centerpiece. If if if, if they didn't have Santa Claus, then they they don't have the whole buy stuff for Christmas for your kids. So uh -huh. you you dilute your kids into thinking that they're the fat guy who squeezes down the chimney and leaves them toys if they're good. And we or, think or the whole friends. story. We think the whole story is about Santa Claus is a way that parents get their kids to behave, right? Wrong. Because we never hear about Santa Claus won't bring you Christmas gifts in July, right? Like, if you're not good, mm -hmm. Santa won't bring you any toys this year in the middle of July. No, 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 What it actually is, is the, cons the marketers being like, okay, kids, demand your parents buy stuff for Christmas. Because it's not Christmas unless they spend copious amounts of money on toys that you want. This is the time of year, kids, that you demand stuff from your parents. All right? Ever, all the kids... Demand at once, your parents buy you stuff. Mm -hmm. That is actually Santa Claus. And the parents fall for it. See, I ain't going to fall for it. If I ever have kids... Fall for they it get, or made to do it? I, I, I've seen the truth, man. I am not going to be falling for these these corporatists selling their lies to my kids. But here's no, the no, thing, no, though. If you're, if you're one of those parents who don't buy gifts for your... Then your children for Christmas. You're just the jackass who doesn't buy anything for your kids on Christmas. Yes. You know, you're socially pressured. Yeah. And then not only that, they call you the Grinch. They've invented, Dr. Seuss has invented like the evil thing of if you don't fall in line, we'll punish you. And like, they, 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 what's the whole thing about the Grinch, right? Like, what's wrong with the Grinch? I don't know. Maybe his shoes on wrong or something like that. He's hate wrong. Like, look. They're trying to gaslight me. Here's the thing. I I know their secrets, okay? And then the first thing I got to do is figure out, like, what they're doing. But then once I figured it out, then I can form a strategy of attack, right? Uh, I actually I don't have a plan yet. But I will have a plan if I ever have kids, all right? I ain't falling for this stuff. You probably <laughs> will. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Chances are, you know, whoever you have kids with, they're going to want you to get presents and things with Rudolph and Santa and Frosty the Snowman, especially when they're like three to five or something, you know, when they're like really impressionable. Yeah. 
<sighs> it's just that's the way it is. So so yeah, they're they're all working together to sell toys. I don't doubt it. Don't yeah. doubt it. There, there's I, not. I, little... I want to know what Christmas was like before it was uh, mainstream. Yeah, I kind of wondered too. <laughs> but for the most part, um, yeah. Then there's Jack Frost. Uh, he's a um, a North God. Sure. Uh, his name Jack Frost actually comes from two different words. The word Frost actually came from the name of this Norse god. It's one of those words that was uh, leaked into English. Mm. Uh, that was one of his name was with Frost with like, and then the other one was like Jackie or something like that. But then eventually got Jack uh, into Jack uh, and um, just with a common name. And then Jack Frost is just a combination of his two names. So it's kind of like uh, if if <laughs> it would be, you know, Mars is the Roman god of war, right? Mm-hmm. His Greek name was Arius or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if we there were a character that we called Arius Mars. Same name, uh, same character, two names, and then they just took one of the names that and made it his last name, and the other name made it his first name, Jack Frost. So uh, he was, so he was based on a, uh, a deity. Yeah, the North. But here's the thing: his origin story is not important. He's not big in Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what what is he? What's his story? Do you know his story, Jack Frost? Mm-mm. Me neither. He he's not been he's not been commercialized. The only thing I know about Jack Frost is that he used to have a holiday in London not too long ago. They still celebrated. They don't now, but they used to. Probably because they couldn't make any money off of it. (laughs) Well, I don't know. It's London. You know, they have weird traditions as opposed to us. But yeah, it was called (laughs) King Frost Day. Supposed to be a joke. They have weird traditions as opposed to us, who have what normal traditions. They have weird, different traditions. <laughs> Everyone, every culture in the world has weird traditions. All right. So uh, so now you know why I didn't do any research on Jack Frost, really, besides his name. Because he has. there's no real conspiracy behind him. He's not selling stuff. He must be the god of forgiveness. So I went and looked... At more of this commercialization, because the main way that I think that they do commercialization is supposed entertainment. Like mm-hmm. they make these stories about um, Rudolph, right? They make these stories about Santa Claus. They because how many movies are out about Santa Claus, right? I don't know. They hundreds, push their propaganda through entertainment, and one of the most common ways of entertainment is songs, right? So. I went and looked at the Christmas. I just pulled up uh, a generic 100 Christmas song list and went through here. At, ooh, uh, I think I accidentally closed that tab. Bummer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. No, I'll just pull up another generic 100 Christmas song list because you know what? It doesn't matter. Are they all the same? They're probably all the song, uh, same songs. Sure. Or, you know, they all have the same. So what's list the now. what's the real meaning behind uh that Christmas song where they're singing about I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus? I'm pretty sure it's that was I don't know. I've never I never I didn't look it up, but uh either mommy's actually kissing Santa Claus or their father was I don't know some sort of a guy that, that rang the bells um, for Salvation Army and the kids saw it, that he saw mommy kissing Santa Claus but it was actually daddy dressed up like Santa Claus 
That's always what I thought it was. I thought it was a mistaken identity. They thought that their dad was Santa Claus. I mean, that, that that's what the song implies, but I want to know if there's like a different meaning to it. I mean, it could be that because you know how many other songs are out there uh, that are like women singing about, oh, Santa Claus, I'll be really good this year if you'll just uh, do of the things for uh, get my Christmas list and I'll be really good. And it's like, they emphasize little things, making it sound suggestive. Right. You, you, you don't know the songs that I'm talking about. I don't, I don't, I told you, I tune everything out. There's, there's a few, uh, they're not like the biggest, but there's, there's a few where like these, these women are like, Hey, Santa Claus, buy me something. Okay. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the thing. It could be that their mother is the woman in the other songs who's prostituting out for weird stuff from Santa Claus on Christmas. So it's like some sort of a adultery thing going on. Mm-hmm. But then again, she'd be breaking her promise to Santa Claus. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know what Santa Claus's terms and conditions are. <laughs> well, let's hope it's not like Apple. <laughs> um, no, it's like Apple because Santa Claus is always watching. Oh, that would be the government. And the consumer, the the producers like Google and Apple, they're all watching you. Like, have you ever read any of their? Uh, the the fact that they even have to have a privacy policy just means that they're violating it. It's like, hey, here's your privacy policy, which just is more to tell you that, hey, um, we take your personal information and we analyze it and we learn stuff about you. Yeah. So that's a given. They're they're always watching us just like Santa Claus because they really are Santa Claus and you just have to pay for it. Okay. You it's work terrible. all year making your money just so you spend it all on your bratty little kids. <laughs> Buying them stuff they don't need. So that way you're eating ramen all of January. <laughs> What's wrong with eating ramen in January? Well, it's a problem when you're eating it three days, uh, three three times a day. Is it a problem? Uh, you know, I've tried living on ramen, and yeah, I I could not get very far just eating the general ramen without doing something crazy to it. I would not have lived. I I used to go for months just eating ramen. Well, you're a stronger man than I. Think about. I don't think. I don't think that's it. So there's there's two different kinds of Christmas songs. There's the old classic Christmas songs, which are actually kind of songs. And then I realized there's this other kind of like the newer songs, which are just like remakes of the older ones, or they're just really bland cookie cutter songs that they wouldn't even be songs. They wouldn't even be popular. You wouldn't even be hearing them. Nobody would even be playing them if it wasn't for the fact that everybody's like, oh, it's Christmas time. I guess we need to listen to Christmas music. You know, and everybody, everybody capitalizes during Christmas with music, right? Because Snoop Dogg will come out with a Christmas album. Uh-huh. Uh, and they're, they're all Miley generic. Cyrus, maybe. And the thing is, they're all... They're all the same. They're all the and, same. And, and they're the really low-budget music. Yeah. Because they're not, they're not putting any effort into it. They're just like, yeah, I know you're going to listen to it anyway, even if it's bad. And you're not going to even complain about it because it's Christmas music. Yeah. And everybody yeah. listens to Christmas music. It's, it's just the like, same jingle. Same jingle. And a lot of them, uh, I think it was the like the Beach Boys and a few other of those older bands, they would just take their big hit songs and put Christmas lyrics to the same music. They wouldn't even <laughs> write new music. So you'd be hearing the same song that you'd be listening to any other time. It's just they changed the lyric 
the lyrics to Christmas music, and they would even leave some of the lyrics <laughs> the same. Yeah, yeah. There's certainly a lot of lazy people out there. So, if we're looking, I'm going down this. Uh, okay, so I'm going to start at the 50 mark of this um, list. Um, okay, so that's a generic Christmas love song. Um, Christmas love song? Yeah. Like Christmas okay. music to make love in? Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe. So a lot of them are songs about Christmas talk about how good Christmas is and like how great it is, right? So the the this song is I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day. And the whole thing is, oh, I love Christmas. Christmas is the best. And it's propaganda where like they're forcing it into your head of, you know, this person likes Christmas and that person likes Christmas. Christmas must be great. You like Christmas too. All right. Next thing, uh, next song, uh, One More Sleep Till Christmas. Oh, that must mean that Christmas is something worth anticipating, right? Okay, then Silent Night. That's an old song from way back before commercialism. Skip that one. Um, I haven't heard that one. Uh all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Um, how does that fit into my theory? That's got to mean that you get stuff on Christmas and it's just feeding that thing of, you know, wanting stuff on Christmas is normal. And, you know, it's something that you get. Is it taken, a given that you get stuff on Christmas and you get whatever you want? So what do you want? You know? Oh, you want something that's impossible. Oh, isn't it sad they want something impossible? That can't be rushed. Oh, that's sad. But you know what? It gives this whole little thing in your mind that uh, it 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 um it takes assumptions. It gives you assumptions, and that if you're just listening to the song, you're like, "Well, that's a dumb song." It's already though feeding assumptions into your brain that you get stuff on Christmas. It's expected that you get stuff on Christmas, and that you get to ask for it. Hmm. Uh, Come All Ye Faithful, I think that's an old song. Um, The Red Baron. Well. (laughs) Red Baron? Yeah, they're the Red Baron song, uh, Christmas song about Snoopy and Red Baron fighting. Okay. You never heard it? No. Are you surprised? Uh, Well, it's a good song. So that's why it's on the list of Christmas songs. Because that one's like actually a good song. So. uh, Is that a Peanuts song or something? Yeah. Well, I don't know if the Peanuts wrote it, but it's about the Peanuts character, um, Snoopy, and the Red Baron. I don't know who the Red Baron is. <laughs> you don't know who the Red Baron is? Is that the same guy who has frozen pizza? Yes. Really? Yes. Same same person character? Yes. He's a, he's a real Baron who was in Germany. He was a World War One flying ace. He shot down 80 Allied servicemen <laughs> what the hell is he doing on frozen pizza and in peanut songs well snoopy would always you know snoopy the dog in the uh peanuts cartoon uh he he's um would would um he uh he was invented probably back around that time whatever the case is snoopy's a flying ace in some of those um it's it's like all of a sudden you're reading the peanut thing and then all of a sudden he's transported back to world war one he's in the trenches he's wearing uh aviator suit and he'll Mm. i don't know you've never seen snoopy in an aviator suit nope this is really hard to explain to somebody who's seen snoopy but doesn't know that snoopy in another world is a flying ace anyway 
Wow. Um, so yeah, the Red Baron was a real character who did shoot down. Yeah. Still doesn't explain why he's on pizza. Because he's awesome. <laughs> and all awesome things go together. Okay. Uh, um, okay. It's a good um, frozen pizza. Yeah, it's one of the better ones, for sure. <laughs> uh, then there's Tannenbaum. That's an, uh, so that, that's an old song. Uh, I'll be home for Christmas. It demands that everyone be together. So here's the thing. If you force all of the people together that are demanding Christmas things, it's like, oh, so-and-so is not, not coming to Christmas. So that means that you're expected to be there for Christmas. You're expected to buy stuff, and you have to buy stuff. And if you don't buy stuff, you're a Grinch. And if you don't show up, then everyone's sad. Mm-hmm. So it's like more pressure. It's this, it's this whole community thing where it's like they're putting all these expectations on you, right? And in there, they have to – they're forcing you to sell stuff. And that is where Black Friday and uh, that Saturday – there's a special name for the Saturday and Cyber Monday all roll in. They're like inventing holidays where you actually have to go out and buy stuff. Yeah. It's a conspiracy against us poor people. Anyway <laughs> – uh, yeah, but they don't actually have sales for Christmas like that. Uh, yeah, they don't have sales. They just mark everything up and then they discount it. <laughs> uh, Jingle Bell Rock. Uh, the, that's just a remake of other Christmas songs. Um, I don't sure. have really a conspiracy about that. Uh, Merry Christmas. There's just more songs about Christmas being how great it is. Joy to the World. That's an old one. Away in the mm-hmm. Manger. I guess that one's older. Maybe it's not. Maybe that one's just an actual Christmas, uh, Christian song, I should say. What Christmas means to me. Wonder what that could be selling us. <laughs> run, Rudolph, run. <clears throat> well, you know what Christmas is for me? What? Eating a ton of Reese's. I, I, I was about to say peanut butter, so I wasn't yeah. too far off. Yeah. You're, you're half right. <laughs> um... Yeah, dark chocolate, peanut butter, and Reese's. You know, during the holidays, it's the only time you can buy the uh, the full pound of Reese's peanut butter cups. And nobody ever looks at you weird. You're like, yeah, he's just buying stuff for his. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just probably Reese's. A party. It's just Reese's Christmas <laughs> edition. <laughs> they probably wouldn't even look at you weird if you bought three bags of Reese's. They have no idea. You'll just be in your room eating them by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well. Gotta love Reese. Then there's White Christmas. I think that one's a really old one. Um, I think that one. I think I've heard it sung about um, World War II. Was a little World War II song. I think. Um, Baby, come home for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, there's another Jingle Bell of songs about Christmas. You know, a lot of these were, uh, you know, like these older mm-hmm. Christmas songs. They're very like hymn-like in yeah. tone when you when they sing them. Do you think they made these because back in the day, uh, you know, the husband would be, would say something like, oh, I'm going to go buy a carton of cigarettes or something, and he would just never come back? Do you think that's why they made up these songs? What, the ones Baby Come Home for Christmas? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 that's not an old song. The older songs, like, um, what was that one I just said? Uh, oh, I went too far up. No, si- I, went too, si- I didn't go far enough. Silent Night, maybe? Because that was the night he left? Um, no, no, no. So that one's a song about uh, Silent Night, Holy Night, All is Right, Something Mother, the Star of Bethlehem, blah, blah, blah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't pay attention to any of these Christmas songs. That one's that one's about the, the nativity story. So that one's that one's all about tricking pagans into not worshiping their other winter winter holidays. <laughs> that was a really old marketing campaign, like really old marketing. They weren't even trying to sell something. They were just trying to stop people from doing that uh, interesting Christmas caroling. Yes. <laughs> well. Uh, so what I'm saying is this: all this Christmas stuff, it's all engineered. The, the, if you look at like the older stuff, the stuff that they're trying to sell you is just, you know, the story of Christ and all that. And then like the newer stuff, it's all trying to sell you toys and trying to tell you that if you don't do the toys then you're a Grinch. Because there's even a song in here about how bad the Grinch is. It's just a song about how bad the Grinch is. It's yeah. not a song telling the story. It's just like, you Grinch are bad. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. And it's just like all these insults about Mr. Grinch. So it's like demonizing the people who don't celebrate the holiday. <laughs> and then saying how great the holiday is. But it never says anything about the people who celebrate well, the holiday. It always implies that you obviously are the good person. And you obviously participate. Sure, sure. Let's, let's have a quick discussion bef- before I end the podcast. I don't want it to be like two hours long or anything but do you even think that today's holidays like thanksgiving and christmas and all that do you even think it's still technically like a holiday in terms of its origins like uh it started off as more so than christmas yeah Um, well definitely thanksgiving but like christmas it's been so heavily diluted over the years, I mean, if you think about it, in its origins, it started off as like these these godly and earthly pleasures that you know you would you would have a festival for. You would celebrate it because it was the, the day of of your particular god, and you did sacrifices to honor the god. Did feasts, and then you read poems to your slaves. Right, um, right, and then it turned, and then it slowly just turned into we want money. Here's the root. Um, well, overall, there's so many Christmas holidays that it's been rolled into Christmas. It's really just a the standard Christmas holiday. And so, yeah, I do think that we have left the Christmas. Christmas is like no longer Christmas. It's no longer the regular winter holiday. Mm. And a lot of that that shifted away from that is we're no longer an agriculturian society. Like right. as, and so we've moved away from even the dependency of the observing the seasons. For the most part, our day-to-day lives don't even change, whether it be cold or hot. Mm. A farmer's life, oh boy, it's a big deal. <laughs> and when everybody was a farmer. So like, yeah, Christmas is unrecognizable from way back in the day. If you're looking at something like St. Patrick's Day, yeah. Pfft, what's that even about? Valentine's <laughs> Day? Um, yeah. Valentine's Day's changed a lot. That was like used to with a day that you would um I know okay, we talked about it, but I f- totally forgot what Valentine's Day. I forget Day how about. it was celebrated, but it it's a it that one's I think is purely a Catholic holiday. I don't think that they I actually suppose so. I don't think they took that one from did we watch a video on this with Tebasaurus Rex? Or mm. or you showed me a video about it from him? I think I he think did. That, I think that one was about Easter. E- was it about Easter? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, and that will conclude today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to Bizarre Conspiracies. If you want to email us, you can do so at bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. That's all one word, bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. All right, see you in the next episode, and have a Merry Christmas.